I'm Zachary Cartwright. This is Water and Food. Today, my guest on Water and Food is Dr. Berkeley Luck, who is the co-founder of Milkify. This is a company that enables nursing mothers to powder their breast milk for long-term storage and also prevent nutrient degradation. She's the first company in the U.S. to offer this service. And let's see how she uses water activity to produce a safe product in this episode of Water and Food. Hi, Dr. Luck. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm glad we can finally record uh, this episode. So thank you for being here. Yes. Um, Dr. Luck, what exactly is Milkify? What, what is this company? So Milkify offers a service for nursing moms. Uh, it enables them to freeze dry their own breast milk for longer storage and enhanced convenience. So the breast milk powder can be stored for years without refrigeration and can be used by mixing with warm water, just like you would use powdered formula. And this technique of preserving breast milk is being used by milk banks and hospitals around the world, but we're the first to make it available directly to consumers in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that it kind of works, we operate in a closed loop system. So mom sends us her frozen milk uh, in coolers that we provide her. And then we freeze dry each frozen bag of breast milk that she sends us individually. We package it into a single serving little pouch just like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we send it back to her. And each pouch that she gets back has a specific amount of water um, that she needs to rehydrate her milk. And the goal with all of this is to help more infants receive breast milk until at least that first year of life or longer by empowering moms to be able to stockpile their own milk with greater ease and convenience. And with all the current shortages in in infant formula, do you see more people using this service now or, or reaching out to you to learn about it? Oh, yeah. We've seen a huge, huge wave of interest in the last month. Um, so, so far, we've helped over a thousand moms save their their frozen stash of breast milk. And we currently process a little over 30,000 ounces of breast milk each month. Mm-hmm. Um, we started back in 2019 and we only operated locally at first. Um, but then we started offering our service nationwide in January 2021. And we've seen tremendous growth since that time. Uh, with even even more and more uh, over the last month, as soon as the formula shortage kind of hit. Um, so because of this, we're in the process of expanding to a larger facility. Um, we're also hiring if anyone is listening, interested in working with us. And we expect to be processing at least three times this current volume by year end. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what are some of the, the benefits of using uh, this form of breast milk over infant formula? Well, breast milk uh, is by far the, the gold standard for infant nutrition. So mm-hmm. breastfed infants develop fewer allergies. They get sick less often, both when they're infants and in adulthood. And this is from GI health to ear infections and cavities. And even from a neurodevelopmental standpoint, breast milk early in life has been linked to better health outcomes. And organizations like the World Health Organization and most medical providers recommend a diet of exclusive breast milk until at least six months of age and a diet including uh, solid foods, breast milk with solid foods up to 12 months. And so moms, many moms go to great lengths to continue providing breast milk to their infants. And most healthcare providers now recommend breastfeeding over formula and provide women with an array of resources to help them um, promote this endeavor. And you touched on it a little bit, but what is some of the feedback from your clients? How, how is this helpful to them to be able to do this and, and store their breast milk and, and then use it later? What, what are they saying about the service? 
The phrase that I've heard our clients use most often to describe our service is a game changer. Mm. Um, so yeah, having been a working mom uh, that breastfed an infant for an entire year, I can personally attest to the difficulty of making this happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you've devoted hours and hours to pumping, cleaning, sterilizing, storing your, your milk, there's a huge value in freeze drying your stash because this isn't something that you can replace. You can't just go to the store and buy more and you're only making milk for a short time. Um, since the milk has an expiration date when it's stored in the freezer, and if you freeze dry it, it can extend that expiration date. Um, the ability to save it for longer is more than just a convenience for most of our customers. It's enabling them to feed their infants the best possible food for longer. Um, so in addition to that, some of the, the specific ways that we help moms, um, we help them break, break free from the freezer as our tagline would suggest. Mm -hmm. Um, but moms pump in store for various reasons. They pump to maintain their supply. Sometimes this builds to an excess of milk and they just literally don't have the freezer space for it. Um, you have moms that are moving across the country, you know, shipping 2000 ounces of milk across the country is a pretty big endeavor. Mm -hmm. Moms that are traveling for either vacation or for work, surrogate situations in which milk is being shipped across the country again. And one thing that we didn't really realize when we started this is actually the palatability. So when you store breast milk in the freezer for six months or a year, you start to see changes in taste after the freeze-thaw pro- freeze process has mm-hmm. occurred. Um, but since freeze-drying bypasses that thawing step, uh, which can cause a lot of changes to the taste, and by removing the water from the milk, you're also preventing some of the enzyme activities such as lipases that can cause changes in the taste of the milk. Many moms have told us that their infant refuses their frozen milk, but that they'll readily accept the milk when it's freeze dried. And where did the idea for Milkify come from? Is this from your own personal experience or or maybe through school or something else? How, How did you come up with Milkify? It was through school. So my, I have a PhD in uh, my research focus was the infant gut microbiome. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, I was studying neurodevelopment and health outcomes that were correlated with early colonization of the bacterial species that are found in breast milk. Um, I didn't have a kid yet. So uh, when I had a colleague, though, that was pumping when she came back from maternity leave, and I initially thought of freeze drying as a way to preserve the beneficial bacterial species in breast milk, because that's what I was studying. That's what I was interested in. Mm-hmm. I didn't really fully realize the other logistical barriers that freeze drying um, can help overcome until I started previewing the idea with other mom friends. And they love the idea, started telling me all the ways that it would have helped them when they were breastfeeding. Um, and pretty early on, it became pretty clear that one of the most concerning things or something that they were, uh, most important, what, what was most important to them was the safety and the sterility of the process. And so that's kind of where I started with the original idea. Um, when I started looking into it, drying techniques, obviously like freeze drying, spray drying have been all around for a very long time. Um, but they were kind of designed for really large scale food operations with batch processing. Um, and it, it just doesn't work well with breast milk in specific on an individual basis because of the potential for cross contamination. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's kind of where I started. So that's what led to our, our in bag process design. I needed to come up with a process that allowed for individual processing of breast milk bags while preventing and minimizing the risk for contamination. Um, and so the, the benefit to doing it this way that we do, so we landed on using basically pouches engineered to allow water vapor to escape mm-hmm. while keeping each bag of milk separate. 
And this allows us to retain metadata from each bag that mom sends us in addition to preventing any cross any contamination while the milk is being processed. Um, so we can retain the information that's on the bag. A lot of the times mom will write um, notes about their diet or, you know, I had COVID when I pumped this milk, things like that. Mm. We can save data from each and every bag doing it this way. And when you first got going, what were some of the biggest hurdles that you had to overcome, um, you know, as a business or as a, a scientist? What, what are things that you had to overcome to get to where you are today? Some of the things, so uh, one of them was designing the, the process. It's kind of, um, there, there's no roadmap. And so designing a process is different from the standard processing techniques um, to allow the prevention of cross-contamination between bags of milk uh, was something that took a lot of ironing out. It took about eight months of, of kind of trial and error just to see what was going to work, what was not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even after I had the idea and the process ironed out, there's still kind of an educational barrier on the consumer side. Um, you know, why is the, why is this so important for the safety of the milk? Um, and then after we got going um, and people started to learn about us, the, the one of our current hurdles, especially is building a food processing operation from the ground up and scaling it to keep up with the demand. Um, it's, it's not a, it, an easy thing to do quickly. And so that's been one of the, the biggest hurdles so far. And when did you start to realize that uh, you really needed to focus on the water or the moisture in this product? Did, did you have a, my boss calls it an aha, an aha moment or a, a turning point where you knew you needed to start measuring water activity of, of this freeze-dried powder? Kind of from the very beginning. So mm-hmm. the, uh, to be honest, the, the Aqualab 3 was one of the very first purchases we made as a company uh, very early in the R&D phase when it was still you know trial and error. Um, it was based, the purchase was basically based on previous published research. So we knew the critical water activity thresholds for bacterial species of concern, specifically in breast milk, like Chronobacter, Mm -hmm. which can grow in very dry environments and was the cause of the recent formula recall. Um, and so we used water activity testing from the very beginning to hone our process to ensure that the cycle parameters that we're using uh, in combination with the embed process resulted in a consistent result, um, which is a desirable final product that was also going to remain safe, remain safe during storage. And are there any other reasons that you choose to, to focus on water activity and maybe not moisture content? Because we always see a lot of companies use moisture content because it either makes more sense to them or, or they used it in the past. Um, is it mainly the bacterial I'm concerned that you're looking at water activity or are there other things why you use water activity? Right. So we, we, since we operate in a closed loop system, we don't pasteurize. And so mm-hmm. m- microbial growth is a particular concern for us. We want to be sure that whatever we're processing and packaging is going to stay safe. Um, so measuring moisture content is, is simply just wasn't for one, wasn't accurate enough for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, we know that it's not what determines microbial growth, which is our main concern. Um, so our goal from the beginning was to basically use industry standards to ensure that the product that we are producing was not susceptible to microbial growth during storage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since, since most moms are using these breast pumps at home, we have no idea um, how well the, the pump parts were cleaned, anything like that. Anything that's coming in, we assume anything that's coming in to our process is also coming out. So we really, we need to be really, um, really sure that the water activity and the most accurate read of water activity is low enough to prevent any growth during our, the three-year shelf life that we, um, that we advertise. 
And so if that water activity is, is too high, you have bacterial problems. Do you notice any problems if, if the water activity is way too low? Yeah, so we too low in the powder may have trouble rehydrating. So, and like you said, too high, you're risking microbial growth. So we we aim to fall within the water activity range that's going to allow for for maximum nutrient retention mm-hmm. and probiotic retention, um, in addition to just being desirable. So, for example, we want a nice fine powder. Um, we want to, you know flowability. We want it to be. Um, be desirable to use and easy to use. So mm-hmm. we need mom to be able to rehydrate it with, with room temp or a little bit warm water uh, and have it just go right into solution to, to remake her milk. Um, so this is, so that's one of the reasons we use it. The other is because it is water activity testing is a pretty vital part of our food safety plan by incorporating this testing into our final quality control check. We can ensure and have a verifiable record that, the, um, that the milk that we're processing is within that critical control limit. Um, and we can ensure that if we did need to add additional processing time, say if it was too high, we would still have the opportunity to do that before it's packaged. And you brought this up a little, the, the shelf life of these powders, you said maybe is, is somewhere around three years. How, how does water activity relate to that shelf life? And, and how did you determine shelf life for these powders? Yes. Yeah, so Shelf life for us is really important. Most moms um, want to know that's the reason they're using the service. They want to know how much longer is my breast milk going to last. And mm-hmm. so we had Meter Group perform a set of water activity tests, or sorry, a, a set of shelf life testing um, that gave us a range uh, based on different types of milk and uh, the packaging that we're using, our, our thresholds for water activity. Um, and we we basically know, based on this uh, this testing that's been done, how critical water activity thresholds are to um, having an impact on predicted shelf life. Mm-hmm. Um, so we determined our three-year shelf life based on the testing of our product and the packaging specs that we use. Um, but one of the things that we've kind of noticed recently also is uh, a small businesses starting similar operations um, have kind of started to also say that they have a three-year shelf life. Um, and since we know that this estimate is highly sensitive to packaging selection mm-hmm. and to the, the testing, the water activity testing, um, we think this may cause problems in this growing industry due to a lack of oversight and regulation. We're the only service that's performing any kind of quality control testing, but I feel really strongly that this should be required for any operation that's freeze-drying breast milk. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a really good point. So that you're saying that that three year shelf life that, you know, we've been able to partner and determine together, that's based on all of the factors really specific to your company. So storage and packaging and drying down to a certain water activity. So there's a lot going on. So for a, another company to say three years just by copying you do, doesn't make any sense because there has to be a, a lot of analysis that has to be done to to really determine what that shelf life is. Um, exactly. And yeah. you just brought it up. Your, your industry isn't really currently regulated. Uh, how could this be done better? What, what improvements do you see that need to be put in place? Yeah. So currently the, the FDA, um, breast milk was formerly regulated by the USDA right now, the FDA, the CDC kind of relegate all guidelines for processing of, of breast milk to the human milk banking association of North America, HMBANA. Um, this organization puts forth guidelines. They're designed to ensure safety of milk that's processed by its member milk donor banks. Um, since we're not a, a milk bank and we operate in this closed loop system, this kind of leaves us outside of that. There's a little bit of a regulatory gap there. Um, 
And we feel that this is kind of being taken advantage of by certain, you know, small scale individuals operating um, out of their homes or their garages. You know, anybody can make a website uh, and make pretty product packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, but given the implications for potential mishandling, uh, you know, the, the potential to cause illness in an infant population, we feel pretty strongly that regulatory authorities need to play a larger role in determining how breast milk is processed for consumers in a commercial and non-hospital setting. And this could include a set of guidelines that's very similar to what HMBANA has put forth for milk donor banks, including registration, facility requirements, staff training, GMP certification, quality control testing, uh, and these kind of things that would help make it safer. So what is next for your company? What do things look like maybe five or 10 years down the road? I I know you mentioned that you're really growing in size, but how are you going to scale your operations and what do your future goals look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So like I said, right now we're, we're focused on expanding our, our Houston hub, which will, will still be our largest hub. Um, but our five to 10 year goal would be to be able to have various hubs around the country. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, shipping breast milk across the country is fairly expensive and we want to make the service affordable and, and uh, accessible to more women across the country. And we can do that if we have locations that are closer to where they live um, that would get the shipping cost down and make it more affordable. A lot of people listening, especially if they're concerned about the infant formula shortage, I'm sure they're really interested in, in maybe looking at your services. How can they get a, a hold of you or a hold of your company? What's the best way for them to learn more? Yeah, we have a lot of information and links to all of the research about freeze-drying breast milk on our website. It's at www.milkify.me. And if you have questions for me directly, my email is is berkley, that's B-E-R-K-L-E-Y at milkify.me. And if somebody is also interested in and maybe joining your team, you mentioned this at the start as well, that, you know, you're growing and you may need people to join your team. Is this also the, the same way you would like them to reach out to you? Yes, please reach out. Yes. Well, I, I really want to just thank you for your time. Uh, I know we've been trying to, to get this done for a while now. And, and I think with everything going on with the formula shortages, this, this is a perfect timing to get your message out there and, and let people be aware that this is an option uh, for them. I, I'm really excited to see your team grow. And uh, perhaps we can meet in a, a year or, or somewhere down the road and, and see how your operation is scaling and, and kind of touch base. That would be great. Thanks, Zach. I'm Zachary Cartwright. This is Water and Food. Find this podcast on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.